Today's scripture reading brings us to 2 Samuel chapter 14. Now in chapter 13, the previous chapter, we know that David's eldest son Amnon had raped his half-sister Tamar. And at the conclusion of the chapter, two years later, Tamar's full brother in Absalom had conspired and killed Amnon, the one who had raped Tamar. At that point, Absalom goes and flees about 80 miles to the north uh, with his grandpa, and the rest of the king's sons had fled back, and now he's in exile. And he's been there for three years, the Bible says in chapter 13, verse number 38. So in chapter 14, I have that broken down into three sections, and the first is the first 24 verses of chapter 14, and that's titled, Absalom Returns to Jerusalem. So Absalom was in exile for three years, and Joab, who is the head of David's army, um, conspires to get Absalom back. He knows that David longs for his son, he loves his son, and uh, he makes a way to present unto David a case that would mirror the situation with him and Absalom so as to try to reveal unto David a way to get and bring Absalom back unto Jerusalem. And so he gets this woman to come and present a case unto, uh, unto David. Now this is another illustration that is presenting, um, you know, a truth or a situation that David, David can relate to. We saw this back a couple chapters ago with Nathan. When Nathan approached David about a sin with Bathsheba, he did it in illustration. And now Joab is doing the same thing here in this situation. So the first uh, few verses, verses 5 through 7, this woman comes and she tells a story about her two sons out in the field and then they got the fight and then one killed the other. And uh, she hates, of course, the situation, but... She loves the son that remains, and the whole family is now wanting to kill him so that they have no inheritance left, and the remainder of the family can take their inheritance. Uh, verse number eight, David essentially says, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take this case, I'll look into it. And then verses nine through 11, at least the first part of 11, she's continuing to press him, and press him, and he's like, look, I'll take care of it, I'll make sure nothing happens to you. And then as she continues to press him at the latter part of verse number 11, we see this, excuse me, right here. He says this, As the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of thy son fall to the earth. Now this is really before he has even heard the case. And he is already proclaiming him forgiven. After this, then she essentially reveals the parable and says, in essence, so you would excuse this son who murdered this son, you know, as a unto a peasant who means nothing, but yet you will not forgive your son who is royalty. Reveals it, David kind of gets it, he understands, and, and he knows also who started all this stuff. And he says, Did Joab put you up to this? And she reveals with much flattery, yes, he did. So David turns to Joab, he says, All right, go to Geisha and get. Absalom, bring him back, says, but he's not going to see my face. And so 
Joab does that. He goes and gets Absalom, brings him back, and allows him to return into Jerusalem. Now, that's first 24 verses. I want to I just kind of give you some things to think about first. Number one, David did not consult the Lord, right? David did not consult the Lord. Why did he not consult the Lord? Would it be that the Lord uh, would not have given him that direction, that the Lord would have maybe given him wisdom on how to avoid the calamity that is yet to come? We'll see in the next chapter. But he did not consult the Lord. Um, was David allowing his feelings to rule over better judgment? This is a problem that so many people have in that they allow their feelings to make decisions instead of uh, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So did David do that? And then, you know, was this the right thing to do? Was it the right thing to do? You know, all those things I just want to kind of, you, kind of let you think about and meditate upon because those are all valid questions as to what would have happened, what could have happened had David consulted the Lord. Would David or would God have given him different direction? Because now his advisor is not Nathan, but his advisor is his is Joab. You know the the sneaky murderer. That's the one who's setting the wheels of all this in motion now. All right, so this happens. He goes to get him. He brings him back, and uh, we see that he uh, brings him back to Jerusalem. Verses 25 through 27, I simply have that titled, Details About Absalom. And notice that the majority of what it's focusing on is his physical beauty. We see that, oh, he's got this beautiful head of hair, and he shaves it. That's what that word pulled means. He shaves it once a year. And when they take that hair, they weigh it out, and it's 200 shekels, which is about five pounds, a little over five pounds, what this uh, man's head is. And they're looking, and there's so much focus upon his physical appearance. And doesn't that sound familiar? Think back to Saul. Saul was head and shoulders above everyone, right? So, oh, this must be it. But... Uh, as the Lord said unto Samuel, look not upon the outward appearance, he said, but look upon the heart, for that's what, what I look upon when he was searching after to anoint David. Uh, another thing, we see in verse number 27 that Absalom had a daughter, and, and he named her Tamar, which is after would be after his sister. And then lastly here, verses 28 through 33, I have that titled, Absalom Returns to David's Presence. So Absalom now has been brought back to Jerusalem, but he's essentially on house arrest. He, he can't go anywhere. Uh, he cannot enter into the king's presence. And we also see one thing to note is how the people are fawning all over this Absalom. They just love the prince. Think so much of the prince. It almost reminds me of England, you know, and how they're all captivated with king and all the, that mess. But they're all fawning all over Absalom. And uh, he's there, but he's not there. He's there, but he can't go into the king's presence for two full years. And finally, Absalom sends that unto Joab. And he's like, man, we got to do something. Uh, and he sends for Joab, doesn't answer. Sends for him again, doesn't answer. So what Absalom does is he sets his barley fields on fire. That's a pretty drastic response that Absalom does. I mean, he just he wouldn't answer him. So listen, he got his attention 
And he got his attention in a drastic way. He got his attention in a manner that cost him something. And let me just say this, and that is God will reach out unto you and he may do it another time. And he may even show more grace and patience than what Absalom did here. But sooner or later, if you keep ignoring the Lord, he's liable to set your barley fields on fire. And it'll cost you something. It'll cause you some pain. And so uh, we see that that's what happens. He gets Joab's attention. Finally, Joab comes unto him. I guess I could have been turning this as I was doing that. But uh, uh, as... Absalom comes into David's presence. David falls on him and he kisses Absalom. We see that there in verse number 33. So a glad reunion, right? Eh, we'll see. We'll see. So that's going to be 2 Samuel chapter 14. I hope this has been a help to you and Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow.